I'll give you three guesses as to why I was sincerely Peanut worried butter. about clapping right then. So do, do I get three more guesses or do I already use one? I'll give you three more. Um, you jumped the buzzer on the first one. <laughs> okay. Uh, you may have broken a finger recently. Hey, got it in one. Uh, Are you serious? It's definitely not broken. It's it's just a bad sprain, I think. By definitely, I mean everything I looked up on the internet told me that if it was broken, I'd probably know that it was broken. And, like, I've sprained slash really badly jammed fingers multiple times in my life, so I'm pretty confident that that's all it is. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> I sprained it in my second baseball game yesterday. Oh. On, like, the first play, I was playing second base because I was, like, a sub. So they just put me wherever mm-hmm. they, needed, they needed me. So I was playing second, and there was kind of a pop fly in between me and the center fielder. And so I was running back to get it, but this field, like you know any not really high level field it's not perfectly level and the ball was also like directly behind me which if you imagine like tracking a ball is mm-hmm. easy is always easier at an angle right yeah it's easier to come at it at 30 45 degrees than it is to go straight back and try and keep aware of where it is mm-hmm. um especially when it's if you're running straight back it's kind of behind you so you kind of have to do a really really fast like grapevine kind of crisscrossy thing. Yeah. All this to be said, I wasn't quite going to get out of the ball and I tripped myself up and I fell and I fell kind of hard. And in the, like, I, I don't remember exactly what happened. I just know that I fell hard and whatever I did with my hand, my right hand when I fell just really busted up my ring finger. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I considered taking myself out of the game, but I was like, well, like I threw a couple balls, over the course of the next couple minutes, I could tell that like it was going to be fine enough. I just need to know if I could hit, um, because it's one of those things where it's like I have a very limited range of motion in this knuckle, and if I extend it too far one way or another, it hurts a lot. Right now, it actually doesn't feel too bad. Whether that's just because I took some ibuprofen earlier today, or it's just kind of I've been using it all day, so it's kind of not gotten you know it's warmed up for the day now. But in either case, I finished the game. I actually got a couple hits. Like, it was fine. So, like, I doubt it was broken. But now it's just kind of a bit a bit swollen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, this morning I was trying to do a little bit of work and, like, typing hurt a little uh, bit. Like, that sort of thing. Just just frustrating. Yeah. A, a dumb injury. So. Yep. Yeah. I hate finger injuries. And, like, even if it is like the line between broken and not broken doesn't really matter that much because like mm-hmm. you go to the doctor they're not gonna do much yeah I f- like unless it's like really bad obviously yeah like, like if yep, your finger yeah. goes at a 90 degree angle to the side <laughs> like okay <laughs> yeah it's nothing like that it's clearly not dislocate like there's nothing really wrong with it it's just it was a really bad sprain um so it's swollen mm-hmm. it, it'll hurt again in the morning i'm sure uh, and I could maybe get like some sort of splint for it, but I was going to say, they'll tell you to get a $5 splint at Walgreens yeah, or whatever, but it's probably like, $10. I'm these not days. a kid anymore. I can just not do things that are going to hurt it. Um, yeah. it'll be fine. Just, ho- I just hope that it's fine by this weekend. Cause it's my last baseball game before I go back to Minnesota. So <laughs> I hope that it heals rapidly. 
Yeah. But. It's funny you brought that up. Hmm. Uh, or it's funny. I don't, no, it's not funny that you injured yourself. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. But today I was like digging through some old stuff and like, I'm not going to lie, boxes from when I moved <laughs> mm-hmm. that I had never dealt with. <laughs> and I found one and it was like, but this stuff is just crap. And I found this this tray full of uh, 3D prints that I'd made of, I don't remember exactly what happened. I'm sure we talked about it on the podcast, but I like injured my finger at some point and I like 3D printed a custom like finger brace for myself. You have told me about this. Yes. Um, and I barely remembered it until I found this like tray full of prototypes. <laughs> I can't believe how many prototypes I made. <laughs> I, I, re- think, I remember the story. I feel like if I'm thinking like I, cause I have a finger, like a, like Walgreens style finger brace from when I broke a finger at one point, mm-hmm. but I think it must've been on my other hand. And so I didn't want to use it hmm. cause like the side that the protecty thing came over was like awkward or something i don't remember exactly what it was sure yeah i was just like wow and then you talked about breaking or injuring fingers so fun yeah so you got that uh but yeah the fun thing that i was telling you about before we started recording aaron's uncle was in town just he was in san jose for work and he was able to get up here friday night and spend the evening with us Mm -hmm. so he went to union square which is the like shopping the, the the gentrified shopping area of san francisco mm-hmm. basically and we went to a hot pot place which was fun mike had never been to one at all i'd never been to a good one <laughs> i've only been to one on campus at minnesota which was like perfectly serviceable for what it was you know but this one was uh better overall for sure so we did that that was fun and then we went to we had some time before our next thing so we went to a place called the Golden Gate Tap Room, which we didn't really know much about. It looked old. And we walk in and we have to climb up like three or four flights of stairs, like winding stairs, uh, <laughs> which was already mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of weird, you know. And it's all just brick and wood and stuff. And you get to, and you finally get up to where the bar actually is. And it's just a big... It look, sure looks old. Lots of wood all over the place. Um, lots of beers on tap. And then they have like, you know, it's a sports bar. But then they also have a bunch of like pub and arcade games kind of scattered about. So it's actually a pretty cool spot. Like it was definitely the like the speed of a place that I would enjoy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we went to an improv show, which was the main thing that we had planned out. Mm. So that was cool. I haven't. I went to an improv show in college uh, at a place downtown, and that was fun. And I've always liked improv. Like, I am a fan of improv in theory. Like, as we both know, we both like Whose Line Is It Anyway? Stuff like that. Heck yeah. Uh, and and so, but I haven't, like, been to really any shows. So this was fun to go to. It was a very small crowd. And, like, crowd is a strong term. You know, there are, like, probably 20 people would be my guess because uh, it's it's a pretty small little theater space that they have there. But it was cool. It was a very good show. I think I, I made some good suggestions that were accepted into the show. It was fun. We had the one person from the audience went up to participate in uh, an arms sketch where you have to put your arms through the other person and be their arms. Wait. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
That was poorly described. A person, a cast like member, is talking arms. about something, and they put their arms yeah. behind their back, and an audience member is puts their arms in, you know, underneath their armpits, and is the arms for the cast member, right? Yeah, I was thinking, what kind of portal crap is this? Yeah, and that person, super on point. Like, they did a very good job. Um, the topic was, uh, it was, we decided that the guy was giving a speech and we determined the occasion of the speech was that he was talking about diarrhea. Mm. Cause you know, uh, <laughs> but they did a very good job. And then the second person who went up was doing a one word at a time sketch where it was one person was hosting a talk show and then the three people who all had to say one word at a time were kind of acting as one person that was being interviewed, right? Mm-hmm. But this person, uh, English was not their native language. That much was clear. Like They were probably like, I don't know, European of some variety. I don't know. Uh, Aaron probably could have pinned down whatever their accent was that you could maybe get for, at one word at a time. Uh, but <laughs> she got to pick what the topic of the talk show was going to be about. So she picked astrology, and it became clear within the first two minutes that because English is not her first language, she thought she had chosen astronomy. Oh, (laughs) I like that. So so there is this back and forth, but the cast members didn't really know that or or get, get that, you know. So they kept pulling it back to astrology, and it's hard to tell where whether they ever met in the middle, but it was still pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, So overall, very fun show. I'm glad that we went. And then when we were done, actually, I should pull up this recording and, and I'll play it through the microphone like a really bad podcaster oh, here. So we saw it. So when you go into this theater, it's called the Shelton Theater. What it really is, is just a building with like five different theaters or stages, whatever. So on the main floor, you have like a bar and then upstairs, there's a couple of places for a theater and downstairs, there's two theaters. And so we went downstairs, you go downstairs and there's immediately just a very small bar with seating for like, I mean, actual seats for maybe 15 people, space for like 30, 40 people, right? If they've really crammed around each other. Mm-hmm. There's a cool spot, good bar, uh, and then just stages on either side. And we saw online that it was like, oh, sometimes there'll be people who just like perform music after the shows in this bar. Because in the corner of this bar, it's just like a slightly elevated spot with a piano and a place next to the piano for someone to stand, right? Mm -hmm. And so we show up, and hopefully you'll hear this. This is what we heard. I'll try and actually download it and, like, put it into the episode properly. But it was just two guys, one guy playing piano, one guy singing a jazz song. Like, just out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. And it it was very mangled because Aaron and her uncle were sitting right next to me talking loudly over the music, uh, (laughs) despite my efforts to record it. So (laughs) uh, that made it slightly more 
difficult to really capture, but it was good. It was fun. It's like we come out of the show and we're like sitting down, finishing our drinks, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, jazz music, just just there, you know, totally acoustic, but very solid, you know. It was fun. And then we uh, finished up at another brewery um, down the road called McKellar, which I don't know if you've heard of. I was aware of them because they had one in San Diego. And due to that, I thought it was just a San Diego place. Turns out they're like out of Copenhagen and are all over the place. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, we had a good time. We didn't get home till like quarter to midnight or something, which is later than we normally would be out. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of activity among all of that in particular. Yeah. So. While the evening. Was. Was indeed. I'd actually, this this is a good question. Um, when you ever take a, an Uber or Lyft, what have you, how often are you talking to the driver? Uh, I don't take them very often, but I feel like, like how often in terms of how many of the times that I take them, do I communicate with the driver casually or like what percentage of the time that I am in them? In total, am I communicating with the driver casually? I suppose both. Um, Like, ignoring basic pleasantries of, oh, yeah. how are you? Where are you going? Yeah. Or why are you going there? Whatever. Because that's like how it always starts. And then either in my experience, once you get to the where are you going or what were you doing where you're getting picked up from, depending on the situation, um, it's like either it ends there or the driver tries to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you definitely hit a description that I was going to make on the head with, like, it's either one or the other. There's either talking kind of the whole time or, like, the talking stops immediately and then it's just silent mm-hmm. or non-verbal communication, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to think. I feel like, I don't know, it's probably been most of the time also probably partially because i don't take them that often and like i'm also normally it's normally like i was hanging out with people and that's why i'm getting one um and so i'm in a sociable mood at least somewhat mm-hmm. what about you i feel like let me let me predict something here i feel <laughs> like you're the person who would prefer that they never spoke to you <laughs> never not necessarily but i don't want to have a conversation the entire way because most of the time the conversation is like really dull or we're just kind of mutually grasping at straws for something that we feel like we have in common to make it feel kind of meaningful. Mm-hmm. But most of the time that's a swing and a miss. You know? okay. Or worst case scenario, it is one-sided on the side of the driver who's just talking at me about something that recently happened in their life. Okay. And, like, I suppose good for you if being able to talk about your life to strangers helps you get through the fact that you are, you know, being a, you know, pool driver this way. But it's just not what I'm there for. Uh Uh-huh. However, even though the guy that we had Friday night was, it was largely one-sided on his end. It was actually intriguing because we very quickly learned to the point or got to the point where his wife was from St. Paul. Oh. And 
that was very nice and he was also he's also a huge soccer fan so he was talking about how he's like he has tickets to go to allianz um and like how he loves going to soccer games in saint paul when he can and all this sort of stuff like it was actually just Mm -hmm. a very pleasant like you know it was like a 15 minute drive back to our apartment but it was just filled with just like a pleasant little conversation and that's the only time i ever had that happen Mm-hmm. And because that's literally the only time I've ever had that happen, and I've taken so many lifts and Ubers over the years, um, it's you know it's why I don't typically expect it or want it. Mm-hmm. But it was a pleasant surprise to have that happen. You know? Yeah. So, because the last time I remember distinctly, or the two times that I remember having full drive, quote unquote, conversations with someone. Uh, the first time was when I was being driven to the airport at like 4.30 a.m. or whatever mm-hmm. in San Diego. And I got a half hour monologue from my driver about how she lived in Tijuana. Um, she had moved there just because it was cheaper. And she like drove across the border every single day and not all this sort of stuff. And she like Ubered mm-hmm. her way up the coast to where she worked and then Ubered her way back down. Uh, like driving, you know, because you can set, oh, I want mm-hmm. to drive for this period of time and ultimately end up here. And that was like interesting, but also it was 4.30 in the morning and I'm on the way to the airport. Yeah. Like, okay, I was, you know, I listened. Mm-hmm. And then the other time was when yeah, listener, longtime listeners may remember when I was in San Francisco and scraped up my car in a parking garage beneath Aaron's apartment. Mm. And I had to go get that fixed. And I probably even told this story on the podcast, but the guy that drove me to go pick it up after it was finished, like, talked to me for the whole 10 minutes about, like, what my car insurance is like. Because I was telling him, oh, yeah, I had to, like, you know, I got this, this thing all scratched up. Like, it was my fault, and so, like, I just, you know, it was kind of expensive, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, why don't you do insurance? And I was like, well, like, and I'm finding myself explaining to this guy, like, well, I'm not going to put an insurance claim on my own car for something that's my fault when I have the money to just pay for it outright, you know? Because then I'm just going to be stuck paying more money forever. (laughs) There's no reason to do that. Like, why would I do that to myself? And so on and so forth. But that was just, it was just wasn't a pleasant conversation. It's like, I'm already annoyed that I'm getting a lift to go to this place that I had to pay like a thousand plus dollars to paint my car, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not in the mood to go over this with a stranger and let, and even get it to the point where we're talking about insurance. Like how annoying is that? You know, he's asking like, oh, what, what's your car insurance? Like I was waiting for a pitch from Geico or something like that. Like this was a plant to, to get me off of progressive or whatever. <clears throat> so, but soccer guy, Abraham, cool dude. Recommend him if you're ever in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. I'll look him up. Can you like request people on Uber? <laughs> I don't think so. You can't, so. right? No, no, that's called calling a friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should have gotten his number. <laughs> hey, can I call you next time? No fees, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's how Erin operates with dog walking is she starts out with the app, the local app Rover, I think, which is where a lot of people find dog sitters, dog walkers, whatever. And then once you establish that you're not a total creep or anything, 
that you're not flaky, Mm -hmm. then you just move off the app and you get paid. They pay you the same amount, but you get more money out of it and everyone's happy. Mm. And that's how it's worked so far. Mm -hmm. You want to know what else works? No. I don't either. I don't, I didn't pull up your comic yet. Speed bump. <laughs> yeah, that actually kind of worked. <laughs> Does this, it? this segue works. <laughs> I mean, it could have been like a way weirder comic, like Phoebe and her unicorn or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe and her unicorn got a job. They're making mm. bank. They're making bills over here. Well, speed bumps work to an arguable extent. Anyway, we have speed bump by Dave Coverly. Uh, we have a make-believe post office where we have some probably like a slightly older person wearing what almost looks like a pajama shirt in the foreground <laughs> uh, holding a package under their arm. It's it's mostly, the package is mostly off, um, off of the frame. And we have two lines that this person could go to. Splitting those lines is what looks like a far fancier um, set of, I don't even know what you call those things, line dividers, the stanchions, right? The the poles are the stanchions. Because, like, the two stanchions and what looks like, I can only imagine, a thick, velvety rope between them. That looks far too upper class for this post office. Anyway, the left side... Uh, the left line has some just normal post office looking dude standing there uh, very straight faced just kind of staring off into the void and above him is a sign that reads standard mail and off to his right is a man thrice his volume probably Uh, just a big bulky muscular guy wearing sunglasses that don't have a nose bridge piece uh, so you know that he's really cool. Uh, and above him is a sign that says bulk mail. Ha. Ha 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 ha. Get swole. Yeah. So I loved your comment about the dude's pajama pant like shirt. Or pajamas like shirt, whatever. Because I wasn't going to bring this up. But I thought at, for a second, I thought he was in a hospital gown. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like that. I just rarely see hospital gowns that are patterned in any way. Yeah. But, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But what I really want to talk about, mm. bulk things. Not 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 having bulk, like, not getting swole, you know, not getting yoked. Mm. Um, not not eating all the right macros to get just, just jacked, you know. But, getting pipes. Yeah, but buying things in... Larger sizes, and I feel like often... Like duct-taped, because I'm so ripped? Anyway, (laughs) um, I feel like often, I just, like, assume that when I buy more of something, it will be cheaper per unit. Mm -hmm. You know? But I've had... The more you spend, the more you save, right? That's what I was... That's what I... I feel like this is the lie that I was raised to believe. Uh Uh-huh. Um... But recently I've been checking my my biases at the door when I go shopping. Uh-huh. Um and I've I've been following the the good old I think it's a, a Ronald Reagan I don't know who it actually is, uh, <laughs> saying of 
trust but verify, you know? Ah, uh, yes. I think that was Mark Twain. Actually? <laughs> no. Just another person who's oft quoted as saying a thing. <laughs> anyway. I think Abraham so- Lincoln wrote that on his blog. <laughs> Oh, I thought he tweeted it. There we go. <laughs> um, right before he invented birds. <laughs> birds aren't real. Anyways. Um, that was JFK. Yeah, so I, I've i <laughs> checked this a few times. Uh-huh. And I've ran into, come to the staggering conclusion, that what I was taught is often a lie. Hmm. I have run into a number of situations where I put the bulkiest item in my cart just because it's like, I'll use this eventually. And then I'm like, I do the math, and I'm like, wait, no, this is significantly more expensive than buying three of the smallest one. Hmm. And so then I feel obliged to buy the smallest one and feel like a, the, no, I don't actually feel judged by the cashiers because I know they couldn't care less. Uh, when I'm buying like three small boxes of cereal instead of the biggest box of cereal, which is on sale that week because it's uh-huh. still more expensive per unit. So first I want to ask you one very important question because I haven't yet determined, I haven't been bothered to determine whether this is a California unique thing. Every grocery store in California, when it shows the price beneath the item, it also says a, it gives you a price per unit, often per ounce, right? And it just says that right there on the label. So I don't even have to do any math. I can just look. I can scan the different items right in front of me mm-hmm. and just automatically pick the one that is the cheapest per ounce. So I'd say, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> a lot of them do, but maybe it's an, a thing where I'm at right now. But like the grocery stores that I shop at most frequently do not. Okay. Um, like I know, like Walmart does and stuff, but I'm I don't shop there very often. Yeah, I suppose Walmart. I suppose a place like Walmart is probably one of those situations where California probably legally mandated it, and they could, and it was just cheaper for them to do it everywhere rather than specifically doing it in California. Yeah, I could see that. Hmm. So the grocery, the few grocery stores that I'm most often at don't. Or the other thing that I've ran into frequently, especially when like dealing with comparing different brand, this isn't what I was complaining about, but like comparing different brands where they have slightly different, like all described as form factors of their product Hmm. is that the price per unit will have a different unit, even though it's like this, even though it's like honey or like funny (laughs) or like granola bars, like one brand will have like price per bar and the other brand will be like price per unit and the unit is the box of bars that's really funny and it's like this is so useless um but yeah i've ran into it multiple times with granola bars which has been just infuriating so the funny thing there i would never even (laughs) that has like it says it's got like oh two bonus bars inside and everything is significantly more expensive per bar than buying a bunch of smaller packs for the same brand, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my guess. First of all, it depends on what kind of product you're buying. Granola bars is one of the things that I would never expect buy in bulk to necessarily apply to. That's for things like rice. You know, like 
Okay. But <laughs> like oh. buy in bulk is much more applicable to raw ingredient kind of stuff than processed foods. See, because I'm sure you'll come up with a counter example. example. That's fine. I found it with rice. I I, I believe you. Friggin' were rice. Oh. I believe you. So here's my potential idea here. I mean, first of all, I don't know if you're doing this at different grocery stores as well. I don't know what types of grocery stores you're going to. That could pay, that could play into this. Like I, I, um, this hasn't been that prevalent of a thing. I'm not that crazy. I'm not like okay. going around. <laughs> well, I'm just. I this it, isn't it, is, my hobby. it is curious. Like, if I went to some smaller grocery store compared to the like large chains, what would I see? Right. Um, but even so, on the like manufacturers end, it could be that they make some weird conscious choice to not make a lot of the bulk versions. And so because of that, because the packaging for the bulk versions is more of a one-off, so to speak, than the standard smaller sizes, the economies of scale there make it not actually cheaper to do it in bulk. Mm -hmm. Like that's one potential reason for it. And that's really the only good reason I can come up with because it's the same thing of like, in a lot of places, the eye test is enough of like, oh, if I'm at the movie theater and I get a large bucket of popcorn versus a medium bag of popcorn for $1 more, I don't really need to do a whole lot of math to understand what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the specific version of this, though, this is where it gets important. And I think I've talked about this before is pizza math. Right? I love my pizza math. Oh, pizza math right? is hardcore stuff. Right? Square square that size and see what the relative sizes of pizza actually get you. Mm-hmm. And, so, and very few people t- tend to do this. Um, and, you know, you get, like, uh, you find funny things on the internet where it's like the owner of a pizza place is like, oh, sorry, like, you know, something happened with your 14-inch pizza. Let me replace it with, like, two 8-inch pizzas, right? And you're losing out, like, Mm -hmm. that is, like, a 75% reduction in the surface area of pizza that you're receiving. And that's that's no bueno. Um, But that is the thing that I think of the most because, again... So far in California, I haven't really had to think about it. I just look around and I just, I don't even pay attention to the amount necessarily. As long as the amount is enough, then I just cross compare the different options for whatever's cheapest per ounce. Mm-hmm. But at least in my anecdata over the last couple of weeks that I can think about it, I think typically bulk has been cheaper. Like it definitely was for the five pound bag of rice that I bought, you know? Um, but I don't know. I'll have to pay more attention next time. Yeah. Yeah. The one that got me the most, I'm, I totally forgot about it until you said it. Cause this was like two years ago, but it was, I was shopping for rice. Cause that's one of the things I was like, Oh, I'm sure just like the biggest bag is going to be the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that like the smallest bag was actually cheaper. And that was the only time I legitimately felt judged by the cashier because I, I was planning to buy like a five or 10 pound bag. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up buying, I think I ended up buying like seven of the one pound bags. That's hilarious. And the cashier was just like definitely giving me a look when ringing them up. Mm-hmm. 
I was just like, wait, okay, let me count this and like, let me look at you. Like, what are you doing? I know this seems counter to most of my personality, but I feel like that's a situation where I would consider explaining, even if they didn't say anything, why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Do you ever have those moments of like explaining something randomly to a stranger? <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm sure I've come across situations where. Or just I like, thought about it. Or like having like just like a look with a stranger and like there's like a moment of like, yeah, what the f- Okay, the example that I'm thinking of right now is I was leaving work last Friday and there's this spot where there's like a like a dead uh like a road that comes to a T, you know? Mm-hmm. Where I like I have to cross across so I'm I'm walking by it. And so like I'm walking and there's a car like coming down towards the like T intersection. And I get to the crosswalks right as they get there. And so, like, I just cross the road and do my thing. But, like, this car's, like, pulling into the middle of the intersection just sitting there. I'm like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? Because I had just crossed with them. And then now I'm walking, like, across in front of them. Yeah. And they're, like, sitting right at, like, where the, the crosswalk on, like, I guess the far side of the street is or whatever from where I come from. And they're just fucking sitting. Excuse my language. Sorry. Uh, they're just sitting there. Um, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then I like walk past like the curb cutout for that crosswalk and they start driving up on it. And I was like, turn around. And I like, I did like a triple take and there was this girl walking the other direction from me. And after like the third look behind, I like looked up and like, we made eye contact and she just like looked at me and she was like, kind of like a weird look. And I was like, I don't know. And I like made like, a, I don't know. And she's like, yeah, what the f- are they doing? <laughs> At I'm least like, then you I, both understood I don't what know. was going we were, on. Yeah, it was just like a deep connection of like a total stranger that I didn't know. And I was like, yeah, I'm so freaking confused. And I'm yeah. glad someone else is too because this is weird. That's funny. Uh, people. But, yeah. You yeah, know I, hmm. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go. You go. I was just going to say, I feel like, again, once you have packaged things, that's where the buy-in bulk can fall on its head. Yeah, you, you know, know the you know the other place where the buy in bulk can really uh, fall on its head is on the dark side of the horse mm-hmm. by Samson. Say. Okay, with that one. Uh huh. It's beautiful. So we we open up here. We've got the dark horse um, pouring in a kitchen, pouring cornflakes into. I'm just going to call it a bowl. Um, oh, a dog bowl. It's labeled as dog bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, this cereal bowl looks suspiciously like a dog bowl. Uh, and then it cuts to the next frame, and there's uh, a bird starting to fly by as the dark horse pours milk into the dog bowl. And it is now labeled cornflakes with milk. Um and then it cuts to the dark horse eating some of the cornflakes with milk using a spoon. And the bird is standing on the back of its chair looking at the countertop behind it where there's a stack of dirty dishes. And the bird is tweeting at it. When are you going to wash those dishes? Dark horse looks unamused uh, and says, soon. Cool beans, cool beans. I really should have <laughs> pre-read that one. That would have... <laughs> Hey, that's not the spirit of this podcast. I we're, know. we're back to form now. <laughs> I 
Oh, it's labeled as a dog bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't felt that stupid in a while. Um, actually, that's not this stupid. is like this is uh, what software engineers complain about when they're writing software with really what they think is really clear instructions of like do this, do this, do this. Oh, you know, yeah. steps one, two, and three, and it's like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, what but, do you mean? I wasn't I wasn't supposed to set it on fire? <laughs> but I take full blame for that one. I was so caught up in thinking that it looked like a dog bowl that I didn't know <laughs> the label. I mean, I didn't hey, want to I didn't want to the impress my own interpretation on the comic itself. You know, uh-huh, I didn't uh-huh. want to pollute the listener's understanding of the comic with my personal interpretation. Yeah. I want this to be a pure experience for the listeners. That's good. Let's keep this simple. Yes. We're we're on a we're on a time crunch since we've had a couple of long episodes. This I month. just did my dishes today. No, that's not what I was going to ask. Dang it! I want you to describe to me, based on you know, however you'd like in your mind, how much milk do you put with your cereal? Ooh. Um. Ugh, it's a really hard question to answer. Actually, is it safe to assume you at least put your cereal in first? I'm not a monster, Mark. I just gotta make sure. Okay, so you have a bowl full of dry cereal sitting in front of you. You can even pick the kind of cereal. It might be it might be cereal dependent. That's fine. Pick a cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios, good, very classic. We can all picture this. Now you have a dry cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios, sitting in a bowl. Right. Let's say it's, I don't know, you have a cereal bowl. Let's say it's like half full. I don't know how much cereal you eat, but half full seems safe. Now you start pouring in some milk. When do you stop? What is your, what is your target there? I think it partially depends on the size of the bowl. Hmm. Okay. Let's say it's a really tall bowl. Let's say you're not limited. So I was going to say like, Often when I eat cereal, like if I'm eating cereal as like breakfast or something, I'm going to eat a lot of cereal, like more okay. than a serving. Okay. Well, more than a serving, possibly more than two servings officially. Mm-hmm. And so I often will eat cereal in like the biggest bowl I have. Um, it's actually one of the reasons why I have the bowls that I have in my kitchen because like they're ginormous. Um, like you could you could fit like – at least a quarter gallon of milk in there. Uh, they're big boys. Um, I don't know if that's actually true. I, I will <laughs> confirm after the episode and let you know. Um, but so if I'm having like a really big bowl, I will often add milk until this height of the cereal moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a smaller bowl, like a, a snack size cereal bowl, I'll say, or a portion of cereal, then I'll pour milk until I can see it. It is it is interesting though. I have a very similar approach. I think I am very much a like the instant the cereal appears to be like the top layer of cereal appears to be like floating at all, mm-hmm. the milk is cut off. Yeah. But I'm also a recent like recent in terms of the last like five or six years of my life. I before that I did not even have milk with my cereal. I liked dry cereal as like a snack and that was it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm already like, I'm not looking for a big old bowl of milk with some cereal in it. You know, I, I understand the utility of the milk now. I will have that, 
but I still don't want a lot. I want it so that when I'm finished with my cereal, there shouldn't really be much milk left. Mm-hmm. 